Welcome to the Christ Walk Church Podcast. If you've got your Bibles or uh, a smart device, I want to encourage you to to turn with me, swipe with me. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3. We're closing out our Proverbs series today. And uh, one of the things that I've just realized um, and, and been so appreciative of and been reminded of, you know, over the course of, of this series that we've been in together and everything is that, that this ancient book written thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago still matters today. That back in a time when luxury travel meant you had a camel with two humps instead of one, long before Al Gore ever invented the internet, long before the, the iPhone um, that, that this book was written, but that it still applies today. And this book is relevant to us. And if we will apply the principles of the word of God into our life, that we can live a better life. It adds value to us and that God wants us to live our best life. And he's given us the principles by which to do it. And so, yeah, this is just our fifth week in Proverbs. We're going to go back to this well again. Um, that, I've taken five verses out of the entire book, and that's what we've looked at. So there's plenty more where that came from. And so I'm just so excited. I've had a blast um, teaching this series. And so we've, we've been using this as our idea, um, Proverbs 1, 3, that, that these Proverbs will teach us how to be wise and self-controlled, and that they'll teach us what to do is honest and fair and right. And that's been kind of our launching point for um, for every day and so, for every week. And so uh, way back in, in the first week, five weeks ago, we talked about friendship and we talked about how our friends will often determine our future. The people that we hang out with, they're going to determine who we end up becoming in the future. We talked about our reputation and that our identity is not, is not found in the goodness of our name, but it's found in the goodness of the God that we serve. We talked about in week three, our our work ethic. And and we learned that God honors hard work because hard work honors God. And last week we talked about our words and we discovered that improper speech isn't a tongue issue, it's a heart issue. And so today for the next few minutes, we're gonna be taking a look at decisions and our decision-making from Proverbs chapter three as we close out this series. So. Uh, not too long ago, my wife and I, we were, on, uh, we were on a trip together and we were driving through some territory that um, we weren't very familiar with. Uh, we had never been into some of these parts before. And so like most of you, we had pulled up the address of our destination on our GPS and we were the little blue dot, you know, on the red line and we were following it around and, and something, um, you know, something unexpected happened. All of a sudden we got into traffic. How many of you have ever experienced traffic on the interstate before? Yeah, traffic as far as you can see, and it went up and, and around a bend, and we, we couldn't tell where it was going to end and how long we were going to be in this traffic. And then an alert came up on my phone, on the GPS app that I was using, and it said, take the next exit and you'll save 35 minutes. And so I parked the car and I got out and I danced in the Holy Ghost for a little bit. And then I got back in the car and we took the next exit, you know, and the cool thing was, is I was like, I've never been here before, 
But I could look on my phone and I could see, well, it takes me this way and this way. And I see the route and we're going to end up connecting back into our original route just a little further down the road in front of all of this traffic. And so we got off and we were in the middle of nowhere. Like nowhere, like the people that live there don't even know where it is. Like that's where we were. And we were turning right and turning left. And I'm just trusting this GPS the whole time. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm showing, it's showing that we're going to end up right here. And like four different times we crossed over or went under the interstate. And sure enough, every time there was traffic sitting dead still, but we were moving and we wound around and we were driving through like cornfields and all kinds of crazy stuff and everything. And then finally we got back and, and it was like turned left and then get back on the interstate. And sure enough, we got back on the interstate and I looked in the rear view and the traffic, you could see where it was starting to break up right behind us. And it saved us like 35 minutes on our trip. And we didn't have to sit through any of that traffic. How many of you know that life is never like that? Right? Life is never like that. Whenever, whenever we, we come up and, and, and there's a bump in the road, there's, there's some traffic ahead, we can't see the end. There's nothing ever in life that shows us, hey, if you'll just go here and you'll just go there and you'll just do this, then you're going to end up way in front of all of this mess if you'll just maneuver in these directions. Life never turns out that way. We always have to make decisions, oftentimes very blind, where we don't know the outcome. We don't know if I get off at this exit, will I be able to end up there at my original destination? Oftentimes when there is a a fork in the road moment, do I choose this direction or do I choose that direction? We, We go through this, what I like to call paralysis by analysis. Whenever we face these decisions where we simply don't know the outcome. And I'm not talking about like, you know, some of you ladies, like what dress should I wear today? Which is like a monumental decision in and of itself. You know, you ain't got a thing to wear. Um, You got three closets in the house, but not a thing to wear. I'm not talking about that kind of decision. I'm not talking about like, where should we go for lunch? Should we go to, you know, Barberitos or or Chick-fil-A? Oh, it's Sunday, man. Sorry, sorry. Now you want waffle fries. Everybody is like, I got to have some nuggets and some sweet tea. Well, tomorrow you can. You know, I'm not talking about like, should I see this movie or that movie? I'm talking about like decisions that are like big and like the outcome is, the outcome is, is tough. Um, I'm talking about decisions like, like, do I take this job or do I take that one? Do I, do I marry him or, or do I break it off? Do, do I, do I go, to, go to college or do I enter the workforce? And if I do go to college, should I major in this or should I major in that? And should I stay here local and save my parents a lot of money or should I go off? And, you know, like there's all of these decisions and we worry, we get caught up in all of this and we worry like, if I do this, then what will the outcome be? And I don't know what the outcome is going to be. And, and since I don't know what the outcome is going to be, then I don't know if I should make the decision or not. And then we end up doing nothing. So what do we do when we're faced with situations like this? There's, there's this passage in 1 um, in Kings, and it talks about this guy named Solomon. He was actually David's son. And Solomon was known as the wisest king, the wisest person ever. 
And 1 Kings, we pick it up in, in chapter 3. It tells the story. And, and so uh, Solomon had gone down to Gibeon to make an offering unto the Lord, to sacrifice an offering on the altar. And instead of sacrificing just one offering, he sacrificed a thousand unto God. And so this pleased the Lord. And so we pick it up in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. It says, while he, talking about Solomon, was at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to him in a dream during the night. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now, I got to give props to Solomon because he's asleep when the Lord comes to him and asks him or, or gives him this opportunity. And my kids, they know if they want something, they go to dad while he's asleep. I'm going to give them whatever they want. You want the keys to the car? Sure. Just let me sleep. You want to get a face tattoo? Sure. Just let me, sleep. you know, whatever, you know. And the Lord goes to Solomon while he's asleep and says, ask me for whatever you want. Like, I'm groggy when I'm asleep and everything. And, and chances are, I would have asked for like the most pressing thing in my life right then. Like if the Lord came to me, I would have been like, please just let Kentucky beat Florida in football. <laughs> because oftentimes we want the solution to the problem that we are facing right then. But Solomon, he was able to see the big picture. And so Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom. It says, so God said to him in 1 Kings 3, skipping down to verse 11. So God said to Solomon, you did not ask for a long life or riches for yourself or the death of your enemies. Since you asked for wisdom to make the right decisions, I will do what you asked. I will give you wisdom and understanding that is greater than anyone has had in the past or will have in the future. I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and honor. And during your life, no other king will be as great as you. Solomon did what you and I need to do when faced with a decision. We need to ask for wisdom. We need to ask for wisdom. In fact, that's our big idea for today, that when faced with a choice, first choose wisdom. Maybe you want to write that down. When faced with a choice, first choose wisdom. Well, how do you do that? How do you go about choosing wisdom? I'm so glad you asked. You guys asked the greatest questions. We're going to take a look at it in our verse for today, Proverbs, or our passage for today, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. You got it? Turn there with me. Swipe there with me. Translation that I'm reading out of says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he, talking about God, will make straight your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. How many of you know that a straight path is so much easier to walk and so much easier to stay on than a windy one? A straight path, you can see where you're headed, you can see where you're going, you can see where you are and its relation to the outcome of, of where you want to be. But a curvy path, you never know what's up ahead in all of those twists and turns. You never know where it might be leading you, but you can know if you are on a straight path, you can know that's where this path is taking me 
And you can determine right then, is that where I want to be when I get there? And so this is the promise of the Lord from Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. So let's break this down. How do, how do we go about gaining wisdom? Well, it's very simple and it's found right here in this passage. And it actually has to do with math. Something that I'm calling the wisdom equation. Sorry, guys, those of you that are in school and you were like, man, I'm on, it's the weekend. I thought I could escape it. But the wisdom equation. So what I'm looking at is, is, is very simple. It's kind of like an algebra problem. A plus B plus C equals D. A plus B plus C equals D. If we will do A, B, and C, then we will arrive at D. And this verse, this passage, breaks it down for us. It says this. First off, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So we trust, we, we depend on, we put our faith in, we put our hope in the Lord, all right? Because, because that's important. We can't just trust in anything. We can't trust in, in riches or in power or in faith. It's, it's not talking about that. Trust in the Lord. And so our quest to arrive at wisdom begins when we put our faith, our hope, our trust, when we surrender our lives to the Lord. And maybe there's some people here that you're not a Christ follower today. This is what I want you to know. I'm glad you're here. This is a place that you don't have to believe to belong. But I do believe that unless our hearts, unless our lives are fully surrendered to Jesus Christ, then we are incapable of making the wisest decisions for our lives apart from him. Outside of that relationship, we can only live like, like a, a half po portion of, of the life that God intended. But when our lives become surrendered to Jesus Christ, that's when everything, that's when the fullness of God is open to us for us to walk in, in, in the wisdom and, and walk down the path that he has placed in front of us is, is when we first surrender our lives to Jesus. So, so you need to know I'm making that assumption that, that for the fullness of wisdom to take place in our life, it comes from us first surrendering our hearts, surrendering our lives to Jesus. So we trust in the Lord with all your heart. Here's the deal. God doesn't want just part of you. God doesn't want just 5% or 50% or just 99%, God wants all of you. God wants all of us. And so for us to arrive at wisdom, we have to be able to, to get to the place where we throw caution to the wind. And we say, God, I'm gonna go all in. I'm not just gonna give you 99.9%. I'm going to give you everything. I put my faith and my hope and my trust completely in you, 100%. Every fiber of my being from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, I am all in. I trust in you completely with everything that I am. That's the first step towards taking wisdom. We see this in the Psalms 9 verse 10, chapter 9 verse 10. It says, those who know your name trust in you. For you, O oh Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. You need to know. 
It might be scary to go all in with the Lord. It might be scary and and you might be afraid to push in 100%, but you need to know that for those of us that put our trust in the Lord, he will not abandon us. If we are seeking after him, if our arrow is pointed in his direction, if we are living our lives in such a way that says, I'm living a life and I'm choosing to honor God to the very best of my ability. If we will do that, and we will go all in in our trust for him, he's not going to abandon us. Abandon us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He is going to be with us right there every step of the way. But it first starts with us surrendering our lives to the Lord, putting our trust 100% in him, all our heart, and seeking after him in everything that we do. That's part A. So then we've got to add to it, B, lean not on your own understanding. To to lean means to to put weight on or or to invest in, okay? Like like you're you're leaning on it, you're you're depending on it, you're you're hoping for a specific outcome. Lean not on your own understanding. That means the things that we see, the things that, that, that we know to be true, the things that we know to be right, that somewhere in our feudal minds that we are lacking. And so we can't put our faith and our trust and our hope, we can't depend on just the things that we know and just the things that we see because we are incomplete. There's more out there that has yet to be unfolded for us. There's more out there that that we have yet to discover. And so we can't lean on simply the things that that we see, the things that we know, the things that we understand, because because there's greater out there for us. In fact, James 1.5 says, but if any of you needs wisdom, you should ask God for it. He is generous to everyone and will give you wisdom without criticizing you. Here's the thing. We may not know it all, but God does. And so in the areas that we lack, in the areas that we are left wanting, in the areas that we can't figure it out, the good news is we weren't meant to. And there's a God that is there that is waiting. I wish they would just ask me. I wish they would just come to me. I've got, I'm ready to give this. I'm I'm ready to, to dispense this. I'm ready to impart this into their life. If they would just come and ask me, he says, if any of you needs wisdom, you should ask God for it because he is generous and will give you wisdom without criticizing you. He's not gonna scold you for coming to him and say, I can't believe you didn't know that. I can't believe you couldn't figure that out on your own. He's not going to look down on you and be condescending towards you. He's going to say, no, I'm so glad that you asked. Here, this is what you need. This is what you should do. This is the direction you should go. This is the step that you should take. Because he wants what is best for us because we are his children. He's not going to send us off and cast us away and say, figure it out on your own. Hope it turns out all right. No, no. He's going to give us the things that we need because he wants our lives to turn out better than they are. That's the God that we serve. So we put our trust in him and we don't lean on our own understanding. We we lean into his understanding and his wisdom. That's A plus B plus C is this. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. We get back to that word all. All means 100%. Not just part of your ways, all your ways. In everything that you do, every aspect of your life, acknowledge 
him. Here's what the word acknowledge means. It means to recognize the authority of something. To recognize the authority. In all of your ways, in every aspect of your life, are you seeking to recognize the authority of God? Are you seeking to recognize God's authority in your marriage? Are you seeking to recognize God's authority in your finances? Are you recognizing his authority in the way that you parent your children? Are you recognizing his authority in in the friendships that you have, the relationships that you are building? Are you recognizing his authority in, in your job, in the workplace, in the language that you use? In the thoughts that you allow yourself to think, are you recognizing God's authority in those areas? Are you acknowledging him? Are you, are you surrendering every aspect of your life unto him and, and saying, God, you have authority in my life in this area? All of them. You, you can't say, God, you have authority in my life, in my marriage and in my parenting and in my friendships, but don't you touch my money. No. If we're going to get to wisdom, we've got to recognize God's authority, acknowledge him in every aspect of our life. We can't hold any piece of it back. It's got to be in every aspect that we're acknowledging him. And then check this out. Look at what Jeremiah says, 33 verse 3. He says, if we'll do this, call to me. And I will answer you. This is the Lord talking. Call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. If you will just, if you will just recognize my authority in every aspect of your life, I'm going to show you things that you didn't even think were possible. I'm going to show you ways to live and and things to do and and accomplishments that you're going to make and successes that you're going to have. And all you've got to do is call to me and I'm sitting there. I've got the phone in my hand. I am ready and waiting. I'm begging. Will you please, will my people please just call me? And when you do, I will answer you and show you things that you didn't even know. We first have to recognize his authority in our life. So A, we trust the Lord with all our heart. Plus B, we lean not on our own understanding. Plus C, in all our ways acknowledge him equals D. He will make straight your paths. What once was winding and confusing, and man, I'm not too sure about that. I don't know what's coming around the corner. What's going to happen is is when you start to do that and and you start to align all of those things, God's going to take that path and he's going to straighten it out. Oh, now it makes sense. Oh, now now I see. See, before I was living this way over here and and I I hadn't surrendered all of this to God and and, and I'd held this part back and and I'd kept this for myself and I I wasn't acknowledging him over here. And so so things were shady and they were clouded and it was crooked. But but now that I've brought that under under God and I've given it all to him and I've I've put my trust completely 100 percent in him. Oh, now I see. Now the path is straight. Now it's clear. Now it makes sense. Now I know what to do. That's how we gain Wisdom. Check this out. Proverbs 16, 9. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Look, that, you know what that tells me? It ain't even up to you to begin with. So quit trying. 
Just give it all to God and say, God, like, he's, he's saying, I want to make this easy for you. I want to make it easy. Like, you don't have to figure this out. I've already figured it out for you. You can plan all you want to. You can say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And no. Just give it over to me and you can walk this path. I'm gonna gonna show you. I'm gonna put it right in front of you. You're just gonna have to, it's gonna be a a casual stroll. It's what it's gonna turn into. And it's just gonna make sense. And you're gonna see, oh, okay. So I take that step and I take, okay. And every step you take, God's gonna be right there. And guess what? You're gonna end up right where you need to end up. And you're gonna look back and think, Man, look at how far I've come. Look at the direction. Look at, look at everything that has transpired and it's all because I put my trust in Jesus and I ended up right exactly where I needed to be. Right exactly where I needed to be because when faced with a choice, first choose wisdom and that will make all the difference. You know, there was a time in, in our lives where, where Sarah and I, we were faced with a difficult choice as well. We were, we were um, on staff at a, at a church in Georgia that we were a part of early on in the planting process. And the pastor there was one of my best friends. And others on staff there had become uh, like family to us. Um, people in the church were, were super close friends, like family. We had an incredible, I was doing children and, and children's ministry in small groups. And, and um, there, were, there was a time where uh, we, we had, we started out as a portable church. We were meeting in a high school, setting up and tearing down. We, we moved from that portable facility into, into uh, a storefront facility. We started out um, going from one service in the school to two services immediately in the, in the storefront. And within three months, we were having three services. And over the course of nine months, we saw the church grow 65%. And it was amazing. And I was presented with an opportunity to go to another church in the Midwest in St. Louis. And I didn't want to go. Sarah didn't want to go. The kids didn't want to go. And so we wrestled with what do we do? What, what decision that we, what, what should we do? Should we, should we go here? Should, should we go there? And, and we thought we were going to be in Georgia forever. And we really wrestled with the decision to make. In fact, we, we turned down the job first to go to St. Louis and, and then the, the Lord just kept tugging at our hearts and, and we decided that, that we were supposed to go. And, and we went and, and we went to St. Louis. St. Louis is a great city. The Cardinals, great baseball team. Bush Stadium, there's, there's no other experience like it. It's amazing. Great church, great people. It just wasn't a good fit for us. And the time that we were there, we knew that we were being obedient to the Lord, but we didn't like it. It was hard. It didn't make sense. We were frustrated. It just, it just didn't turn out the way. And, and we prayed and we prayed and we sought counsel. And we talked to people. And for whatever reason, like it just wasn't a good fit. And then one day the phone rang. And on the other end, it was a pastor giving me an opportunity to come to this place called Fernandina Beach. And I realized that at that moment, that had we stayed in Georgia because of everything that had transpired during that time, we would have never considered the opportunity to come to Fernandina. That God had to take us there to get us here. But it all 
stemmed on the fact that we were willing to be obedient to God and to walk out the path that he had placed in front of us. And, and we had to go through this progression. We, we, had to, we had to figure this stuff out. And I remember um, my pastor, that was, that was my best friend at the time. I remember I sat in his office and, and I talked very, very openly and plainly about the situation at hand. And so I wanna share with you what he shared with me that helped me in my decision-making. And I think that it will really help some people who are, are up against making a major decision in their life. Five questions to ask when making a tough decision. Five questions to ask when making a tough decision. You got a decision that you just don't know what to do. You don't know what the, what the outcome is going to be. What's the progression that you need to go through in order to figure this out so that, that you can open yourself to what the Lord might be speaking to your heart. And so Jeremy Isaacs, my pastor in Georgia, one of my best friends, he taught me these things. And so I want to pass them along to you because they've helped and they've made the difference. And so this is a practical way that after you step out of faith, you put your trust in the Lord. You're seeking after wisdom. Your arrow is pointed in the direction of God. These are some practical things that you can do, some, some questions that you can ask in order to help arrive at the decision that you need to make. Number one. Maybe you want to write this down. Number one, what does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say? So like you, maybe, maybe in your devotional time, you stumble across a passage or, or you're reading some sort of, some sort of devotional and it, it communicates that. Or, or maybe you flip to the concordance in the back and, and you're looking for a particular, you know, some passages about a particular subject or topic and it'll show you these verses and, and you, you flip and you find, oh, well, it says this. It says, or maybe it's as simple as just pulling out your phone and going to Google and saying, typing in, what does the Bible say about fill in the blank. Like we're not trying to trick anybody. Like, I mean, that's a viable option. And seeing these are verses, these are passages, these are, these are stories that relate to the situations that you might be dealing with in your life. So what does the Bible say about this? That's, that's where you start. Then, then secondly, the second thing is, what do I believe God is saying to me about this? Because I'm assuming if you've got a big decision to make, you, you're praying, you're fasting, you're, you know, you're, you're going to God saying like, Lord, I need you to help me make this decision. So what do I believe God is saying to me about this? And, and if you seek God for an answer, he's going to answer you. It may not be the answer you want and it may not be in the time frame that you want it in, but God will show up with an answer. And when he does, then what you do is you take the thing that you believe God has spoken to you and you go back to number one and you see if it aligns with what the Bible says about it because God is not going to contradict himself. Amen. Because sometimes I think we blame God for a lot of things. We say, the Lord told me to do this and it was really just some bad tacos. We blame God for a whole lot of stuff that he don't even have no part in. So when the Lord tells you to do something, you need to go back to the Bible and be sure that it aligns, that it, that it corresponds and that it's, that it's in good keeping because he's not going to contradict himself. He's not going to tell you in your spirit to do one thing that goes against what his word is saying. That's why you start with his word and then you go, what is God saying to me? And does it align with what I'm reading in God's word? The third thing, what are the wisest people in my life saying about this? 
What are the wisest people in my life saying about this? And some of you are thinking, I don't really have anybody wise in my life. And I would say, you need to get some new friends. If you are the wisest person in your circle, find some different people to hang out with. You don't necessarily have to kick those fools to the curb, but you do need to find someone else who's been there, who's done that, who's a few steps ahead of you. That you can say, I'm going to follow them as they follow Jesus. I'm going to give them a voice in my life and allow them to speak into the things that I'm dealing with. So what are the wisest people in my life saying about this? And does that align with what I believe God is telling me? And does that align with what I'm reading in God's word? Make sense? You guys with me? Number four. What are the potential consequences of this decision? What are the potential consequences? Because we know Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans not for your harm, but so that you can prosper to give you a, a future with a hope. God's not going to send you to something that's going to destroy you, okay? God's not going to, to, to take you down a path that is, is going to leave you worse off than when you started, so if the consequences mean something like they, they're going against God's word, they're going against what the wisdom in your life is speaking, they're going against what you believe God is telling you, they're going against what God's word says, then you need to just, you can just mark that off. You just mark that off. If the consequences leave me worse off and further away from God, if the, the consequences of this mean that I end up in sin or, or end, up, end up cast away from God, separated from God, then that is not a decision that he wants for you to make. All right? Number five, last one. When you get to the end and you just, you've gone through all the steps and you're, I just don't know. I just don't know. Then ask yourself, what would the wisest, most godly person I know do if they were me? What would Pastor Blake do? Just kidding. Just kidding. If it were me, it would have said, what would the wisest, most godly, handsome person I know? I left that out. What would the wisest, most godly person I know do if they were me. If that person that, that I would say, man, like their walk with Christ, that's what I want for my life. The decisions that they're making for that, that's what I want to be able to do for my life. The way that they're living out their marriage, the way that they parent their kids, like that person, like what would that person do if they were in my shoes? And the decision that they would make, what consequences would it bring about? And what would the wise people in my life say about it? And, and does it align with what I feel like God is telling me? And, and does it align with what God's word is communicating? And then when you arrive, I, I, can, I can assure you, I feel very confident. If you go through that progression, you'll ask all those questions. You will find your answer. You'll arrive at your answer. You'll get to the place that you need to be in order to make a wise decision. And then you make the decision and you don't look back. You make the decision and you don't look back. What if it's a mistake? Well, here's, here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. Is that if we decide to honor God with our decisions, then God will honor those same decisions. 
If we're making a decision based on, this is what I believe with all of the facts, with all of the scripture, with all of the wisdom, with everything that I can pull together, that this is the decision that I believe honors God the most in my life. If I make that decision, even if it's a mistake, God will honor it. This is what Albert Einstein says. He says, wisdom is not a product of schooling, but of the lifelong attempt to acquire it. It's all about the pursuit. And Proverbs kind of says this about what maybe Einstein proposes. Wisdom is the most important thing. So get wisdom. If it costs everything you have, get understanding. When faced with a choice, first choose wisdom. And here's what I know. Is that if you, if you take all of that into account and you make the decision and it turns out to be a mistake, God's not gonna leave you. He's not gonna forsake you. If it ends up going in a direction that you didn't foresee, God's gonna say, okay, you made this decision and now I'm gonna walk through this process with you. And he's gonna stretch you and he's gonna grow you and he's gonna add things to your life. And even though it may not be easy, even though you may have to walk through some adversity, you're gonna come out better because of it in the long run. And God's gonna have you right where you need to be. That is wisdom. That is wisdom. It's collecting all the facts, collecting all the data, looking at the Bible, considering what God says, looking at the wisdom in the, in the lives of those around you, looking at the consequences, then taking the jump and, and never looking back. And that's how we grow. And if we're doing that with our needle, with our arrow pointed in the direction of God, there's nothing to fear. Because when we make decisions based on what we believe to be the best thing that honors God in our life, God's gonna honor that. And he's gonna bring us along right where we need to be every step of the way. He will make our path straight. It may not make sense right then, but you'll get to the place and you'll look back and you'll say, I see I see. When faced with a choice, first choose wisdom. And your first step to wisdom is to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you've never done that before, you, you've been making these decisions willy-nilly on your own, and that life is just happenstance and you say, today I want to make a decision. I want to, I, want to, I want to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ so that I know that regardless of what this life brings, I know that my final destination is in heaven with him for all of eternity. If you'd like to do that today, it's as easy as ABC. Admit, believe, choose. You admit that you're a sinner in need of salvation. You believe that Jesus is God's son, that he came, he lived among us on the earth. He died on the cross. He rose again from the dead three days later that he is alive today. And then we choose to surrender our life to his will, his plan, his purpose for us. If you'd like to do that today, I wanna to invite you to pray this prayer with me this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost without you. I believe Christ died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. I choose to follow Jesus and his way for the rest of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Christ Walk Podcast.
more information about Christ Walk Church, please visit thechristwalk.com.